Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. Today I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. And it says, Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. On this third installment of this series that we've been preaching called the Live Greater. Two weeks ago, we preached the promise of salvation. And how if you feel trapped, if you feel lost, if you feel exhausted, how Jesus is the one that brings freedom. Jesus is the one that will give you direction and he will give you true rest. Last Sunday, we preached from the message, the promise of deliverance and how God wants to take us and he wants to give us victory over sin. He wants us, he wants to heal our wounds and then he wants us to actually be able to live in freedom. And today I'm excited because I'm preaching this message called the promise of redemption. The third promise in these four core promises that we've been talking about. And if you missed any of them, you can go back to the website and watch them. But this fourth promise, I think this third promise is one of my favorites because I believe and studies have shown not only greater church, me having conversations with people, but you can actually look at this on a national and a global level. 87% of the body of Jesus Christ has no idea what their purpose is. Young adults I have conversations with on a regular and they're like, I want to know what my purpose is. If you put a survey out, I want to know what I was created. What's my purpose? Today, I hope that you would walk out of here with a clear understanding of what your purpose is as we lean in to the promise of redemption. Come on, would you pray with me? Um, Father, I love you. I thank you for this opportunity that I have, Lord God, to be able to communicate this word. I don't take it for lightly, Lord. Pray, Father, that you would pass hot coals through my lips, that you would open up hearts, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that these seeds, Lord, would produce 30, 60, 100. Father, I pray that no birds of the air, no no thorns, no sun, no unfollowed ground, Lord God, will choke this seed but that it would produce, Lord. Let us walk out of here with a clear understanding, a clear purpose of what you called us to do, Father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, one more time. If you're expecting from God, would you put your hands together and make some noise for Jesus in his place? Come on. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. When it comes to purpose, I think it's something that as a a nation, especially Christians, we tend to misunderstand what it actually means. I was, uh, I was on, uh, I was on, I was on social media. I don't think, I don't know if I was on IG, uh, MySpace. I don't remember, but I was on one of them, and I saw this, I saw this funny meme of this guy, and he's a comedian. Um, I have no idea, nor am I endorsing this dude because I have no clue who he is. But I thought he said something that was really, really funny, and I think it applies to what we're talking about here today. He starts to make fun of millennials, and he's like, "Yo, these millennials have like the weirdest names." Like they name each other, like whatever happened to just having Mike as a name? You know, when I was a kid in school, I used to write my name as Alex. But you know, like, because my name is Ramses and I was like, I don't hate my name. Um, but what, what, why do they have all these weird names? And he said, I asked the kid the other day, I was like a millennial, 20 something years old. I love you millennials, turn up. Um, but I asked him, I said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Jason. And he was like, man, it couldn't just be Jason, J-A-S-O-N. 
And it couldn't just be Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N. Like they put everything together. He's like, man, I was so, it's so dumb. But to remember it, I kept telling him, hey, Jathan, how are you? Good to meet you, Jathan. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jathan. And he kept mentioning his name. And the kid turns to him and looks at him and says, bro, are you serious right now? You got it? You got it? It makes sense? It makes sense? Some of y'all are just catching. It's like a wave of like, oh, Jason, but he doesn't know how to say because he has a thing thin. Okay, I get it. What happens is that this is what happens with our purpose in life, though. Our purpose in life, God has a clear picture of what it looks like. And unfortunately, because we honestly, comparison creates this vague look of what your purpose looks like that sometimes we don't even hear God telling us exactly what our purpose is because we're looking across the grass. It's incredible to watch as you jump on social media and you begin to see all of these things and then excitement sometimes starts to breed inside of you, right? Where you're like, oh my God, I want to do that and I want to do this. It's schizophrenic. I want to buy a blender. I don't know why I want a Tesla now. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, Lid, you need to make that steak for me right now. How did they do that? I'm going to Cancun. I'm done. I'm going to Cancun. Right after this, I'm leaving the Cancun. I mean, it's so schizophrenic when you look through social media. You don't know where to go at because every single post is another thing. To the point sometimes, and you do this, don't judge me, but you do this too. You scroll back up because you're like, oh, I remember I was supposed to do something. And you scroll back. You know what I'm saying, Jordan? You scroll back because you're just like, oh, I forgot. Oh, I wanted to do it. And then you look. You know what I mean? What's crazy is that the enemy, life sometimes, we don't have to blame it all on the enemy. And in just a second, I'm going to show you how both of them are at work. But it clouds the understanding of what our purpose is. Um, on our third promise, the third promise is the promise of redemption. The word redeem just means to restore or to bring back. Life has a way of when you were younger, you had all these ideas and these thoughts. And what happened is that life has a way of knocking this stuff out of you in such a way that you even forgot what you wanted to accomplish, what you wanted to do. And I could go down the list of books and orphanage and youth ministry. And you wanted to be a worship pastor and you wanted to do all of these different things. And life has a way of slowly marginalizing those things and pushing them further and further away from you. Today, I want to teach you some stuff. Because I believe that God wants to redeem you. What does the word redeem mean? Redeem means that there was something that belonged to an owner and then it was let go by the owner and then it is brought back. When it's brought back, if you take a car, and I've mentioned this, that cost $2,000 in 1976, and you bring that car to 2022, the more original parts you put inside of it, the more care that you take of that car, of restoring it, of redeeming it, that car is not worth $2,000 anymore. That car is now worth $30,000, $40,000, meaning that your value, that God is not done with you yet, that you still have purpose in you, that God can still redeem you, that your former days are not going to be anywhere close to what God is going to do in your life if you understand and if you're able to reach for this promise of redemption. Exodus chapter 6 verse 6. It gives us a clear picture of what it looks like and how God, right? Because God has a process in this. Promise one is salvation. He saves you. You have nothing to do with that. The only thing you do is that you believe it by faith. You open up your mouth to confess Romans 10, 9, but you believe it by faith. And God promises that he's going to save you wherever you are on the journey. And then you have this process of deliverance, the promise of deliverance. Now that one is the one where you start to work at it. You get real, you take your mask off and you actually tell somebody something that's going on in your life and you walk through the process of healing. Next week, go back and listen to that message. When it comes to this, it's dual because God does a role and then you do a role. 
And I want to show you what God does because he has to do this and he does this in every single person's life. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, it says, I will redeem you. We read this at the beginning. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty act of judgment. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. This denotes inferiority. Here's what that means. The children of Israel found themselves, a few chapters later, they even called themselves grasshoppers. Like at this point, they had been slaves for so many years that they thought, I am never going to amount to nothing. God will never do anything with us. And the children of Israel were in this space where they were taking clay and making clay pits. And, and I mean, and making all, some of the most beautiful wonders in the world were made by the children of Israel. And, and then they weren't given straw and all of this stuff. And God is going to deliver them. And he begins by telling them, I'm going to bring you out. Then I'm going to free you. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt. Then I'm going to take Egypt out of you. But then he says, then I'm going to redeem you. And the way that I'm going to do this has to be with an outstretched arm because you are so far in your mind because you think you have done so much wrong. You think you have had so much wrong done to you that God cannot use you because of how broken you are. And God has to use an outstretched arm. I think that was a beautiful picture. We could bring it up of what God has to do in our personal life. Well, God has to meet us. And sometimes it's the lowest places that we've ever been. I want to show you what that looks like in scriptures in Psalm 18, verse 35. It says, you protect me with your saving shield. You support me with your right hand. Then it says, you have stooped to make me great. I battle with this one and I've battled with this one for so much of my life. I even tend to battle with it some Sundays when I come off the stage. Because I begin to tell myself, I've made so many mistakes and I've done so many dumb things. How can God ever use me? And what happens is that the enemy is always going to use condemnation. Condemnation means, look what you've done, look what you've become. And in your heart, you begin to think that you are the things that you did. When in reality, God uses conviction. Conviction is, look what you've done, watch what I'm going to do. And we can actually take a step back and be able to be convicted from the Lord. We receive the promise of salvation. Then we deal with it and we receive the promise of deliverance. And then we can step into a healthy place where we can have redemption. And God has to rescue us. Some of us worse than others. Some of y'all, somebody got to put the brakes on y'all because y'all get an idea every other week. The other ones, God has to come down with a fiery bush. He has to twist your arm to be able to just tell your cubicle, the person next to you in your cubicle, God bless you. Satan has a way of always reminding you how messed up you are, though. Even in my life, it's like condemnation. Look at all the mistakes that you made. It, it, it reminds me of a story of a, of a man who went to a, a pet shop. And when he went to a pet shop, he walks in. And in the back of the pet shop, in the corner, there was a parrot. And the parrot went, hey, come here. And he walks over. He's like, yo, the parrot just told me to come here. This is weird. He kind of bends down. He looks over at him. Josh, he's like, what's up? And he's like, you ugly. He said, bro, what did you say? You ugly. Man, you disrespectful parrot. Whatever. You know, he's looking for a pet. He looks around him. A couple days later, he comes back. The parrot calls him again. He's like, this disrespectful. Let me see what he said. What's up? What, what do you want? He's like, why am I talking to a parrot? You ugly. He gets mad and he tells the store owner, hey, man, this parrot just called me ugly. He's being disrespectful. Oh, he has a tendency of doing that. He knows very few words. And in what would get you canceled today, he rolls up a newspaper and he goes up to the parrot and he hits him upside the head. Boop. Don't say that to him no more. Cool. Goes about his day, finishes shopping. A week later, this guy decides to come back to the same pet shop. 
And when he comes back to the same pen shop, he's like, this parrot going to respect me this time. Well, the parrot, lo and behold, says, oh, okay, I'm going to tell, I'm, oh, I'm telling on you, bro. I'm about to snitch on you. What's up? What do you got to say? He said, you know. <laughs> and that's what Satan does to us, isn't it? Where he reminds you, you know what you did last summer. You know how much nobody knows that you did that. You've been hiding it for so long. You, you know how much insecurity you carry. You can never accomplish that. And sometimes it's Satan. And sometimes it's the person that lies to you the most. Sometimes it's the person that hates you the most. Sometimes it's that person that always tells you they're going to change and they never change. And that person is you. Because you lie to yourself. And you cheat yourself out of so many dreams. And what God has to do is that he has to have an outstretched arm to be able to pull you because you are not a mess up. You are not a product of your mistakes. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that for we are God's masterpiece. That's a series in himself for you to understand that the masterpiece that an individual paints is his greatest work of art. And the Bible says not Chino, not a, a feel good service. It says God we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He has a mighty stretched arm. He has an outstretched arm. But then the second part is that he has mighty acts of judgment that he has to do. Mighty acts of judgment. When he talks about mighty acts of judgment, this type of language is usually reserved for the Pharaoh and for those that were keeping the children in bondage. It was usually reserved for the enemy. For God to have to rescue you with mighty acts of judgment, that's not something that he has to do over your life, but something that has to be done for your life. I want to show you something because I believe this is going to be able to help you. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, we wanted, this is Paul speaking now, talking to the Thessalonians, to the church in Thessalonica. He says, we wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, who was writing this, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. That word prevented in the Greek, it means epopka. That word epopka is this. If you're walking towards a general direction and you're making your way forward, all of a sudden what Satan does is I can't cause him to fall in love with another woman. I can't cause him to commit adultery. I can't cause him to cheat. I can't cause him to drink. I can't cause her to, to kill herself because she's so filled with anxiety and depression. I can't cause for them to go back to drugs. I can't cause for them to leave their family. So what he does is that since he's not able to touch you, what he does is epopka. He prevents you. So what it is, the actual word epopka means that he digs a ditch in the middle of your way so when you're walking a certain way all of a sudden you're like yo god has called me to be a pastor god has called me to be in ministry god has called me to start that school god has called me to write that song god has called me to be able to write that book god has called me to take this step and a ditch is written and now all of a sudden your boss gives you a raise now all of a sudden you got an idea because they told you if you if you get two packs of Herbalife, you can sell it for $2.99. And then if you get, don't laugh too much. But if you do Bitcoin, you know what I'm saying? Like you just got to. And before you know it, you're, you're spending so much of your time going around totally out of camera. Y'all see me on later. Y'all come live. But you got to go totally around the ditch. 
And the devil, he couldn't touch you, but he epopkered you. He created a ditch where now you're sitting there and the purposes, the things that God has for you to do, you're finding yourself in such an ugly route, somewhere completely different. Now you're getting mad because the things that you're telling God to do, you're like, yo, why haven't you given me the money? Because I didn't tell you to do that. Why is it that you haven't given me the people around to support me? I feel like I'm always calling everybody. Nobody calls me. I'm always chasing after people because I didn't tell you to go that way. You allowed for Epopka for a ditch to be placed in front of you. And instead of going through it, you're going around it. And what does God do? In his sovereignty, Romans chapter 8 verse 20, then don't we know that all things work together to those that love God and are called according to his purpose so God actually puts a path in the middle of what the enemy tries to do and allows for you to do it but you got to recognize that there's a ditch there you got to recognize that though the enemy is trying to prevent me I'm not going to get distracted I know which way I got to work because I know this Romans chapter 11 verse 29 it says God's gifts God's gifts the things that he gives you the pathway that he gives you though you have found yourself so far away from it though you have sometimes it's not that you went around that junk sometimes it's that you just gone the wrong way and you finding yourself somewhere completely different and you don't know where you are that God's gifts he's not in I don't can you say this is it political can I say Indian giver is that still a thing we can't say that no more I get canceled oh my god don't cancel me please <laughs> the Bible says Romans chapter 11 verse 29 God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty never concealed never rescinded it, for those KJV people, that God's gifts are without repentance, that he will not take them back. So I know that you've been gone for a while. I know that you've been doing it your own way for a while. But all things work together to those that love God and are called according for his purpose. It's not over for you. You're not too far away. You didn't make too many mistakes. God can still use you. God can still. What's the promise? He can redeem you. It's the promise of restoration that God can actually redeem you, that he can, the promise of redemption, that he can actually redeem the time. I know it seems like you wasted too much time, but your age is just a number. Smith Wigglesworth. I mean, an amazing man of God. Google him. Countless amount of people who were dead. His own wife had died and came back to life. I mean, the Lord used him in ways that, man, I wish that God would use me in half of the ways, in healing, in words of knowledge. I mean, the gifts, it was just beautiful to watch. He didn't start till he was in his 60s. All right, cool. Chino, I understand what God does. It's pretty awesome. He outstretched arms and then mighty acts of judgment. He creates a path so that I'm able to walk and do everything that God has me to, wants me to do. But okay, Chino, now, now what is my part? What do I have to do? Here is where we lose the understanding. Here's where we get confused. Here's where the enemy, I think, tricks us in so many different ways. So how do we actually begin to walk in the promise of redemption? I want you to write this down. Three ways for you to be able to walk, to receive the promise of redemption. Three ways. This is what you have to do. God is not going to do this for you. Number one is that you have to discover your gift. Number one is that you have to discover your gift. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five. It says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And for some of us, that even that verse right there, it makes you uncomfortable because you've been hearing it a lot lately. And you've been feeling like, oh my, I get it. But God, I don't have the tools. I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the background. I don't have the Twitter followers. I don't have the Instagram followers. And God, I just, I don't know. Before you were ever thinking or you were a thought, before your mom ever knew that she had you in her belly, God was already thinking about you. 
that God had already put something inside of you and created you. The reason I say that, and I want you to build this, and the reason why I want to build this, why are you setting off timers? The reason why I put this together is because I wanted you to see something that's super incredible because it's the Jathan type of deal. Because for so many of us, we're waiting for this huge miracle to happen so God can reveal to us, discover my gift. Lord, show me. What am I supposed to do? You fasted for weeks. And you're like, God, what is your will for my life? What do I do? God, what do I do? Father, what do I do? And you're waiting for this moment to just reveal and to just open up the skies. And Lord, show me like I want a burning bush, Lord. I want something like just do it. Like bring the pastor and the pastor just has to look at me and say, right now, I feel the Lord. You have to talk like that to be holy. I feel the Lord right now. More Cirillo. You just the more raspier, the more holy you are. Unless you're like from Britain or England, then you can have a soft voice and you're still holy. But I mean, just you need that. Your destiny is always tied and revealed by your design. What that means is that the things that God has already placed inside of you before you were ever born, those things were always there. And so for some of us, that thing that you marginalize the most and that thing that you, that's just just me. I just know how to talk to people. I, I just know how to sing. I just know how to do these things, but that's not my calling. I need to know my calling. Lord, give me the burning bush right now. Akuna Matata right now. Jesus, I'm going to speak in tongues. And you spoke in tongues the whole car ride. You're going to show it to me, Lord. I'm going to see it in a billboard. And he's like, I showed it to you. I don't need to show it to you. I put it in you. And you've had it for so long. But what you've done is that you pushed it to the side for so long because you thought it was common and ordinary. The moment that you can finally understand that your destiny is always going to be revealed by your design and how you were made, then you can start looking inward and start to say, what are some things that I'm good at? Like my wife, my wife is, I mean, she's an incredible communicator. Like my wife sits down in growth track today and next step today, when you get in there, you're going to hear her speak. And I mean, her story is amazing, but my wife is like a, a, a computer and administrative guru. Yo, my wife can sit in front of a computer like, bro, I was sitting there for, Hesong, I promise you, on Friday, I think I was sitting there for like an hour and a half, two hours to try to get the internet. And I could not figure out how to get the internet. I was cursing the devil, trying to cast out demons. I was like, I hate you, Satan. Give me the internet. Yo, my wife came in. She plugged something in. She unplugged everything. And then the internet came back. <laughs> Fellas, you know what I'm talking about when you can't find your keys. Oh, your shirt. You know that lucky shirt. And then you call her and you're like, where's my shirt, bro? You were the one that washed my shirt. Where's my shirt at? I can't find my shirt. I wanted to wear my shirt. And she's like, it's right here. You just got to look for it. You're, I looked for it. I already did that, babe. You're always so patronizing. You're always like, I don't look for stuff. And then she comes and she's like, this is the shirt. <laughs> Ladies, y'all laughing too hard, man. Y'all don't stop. That's not cool, man. What I want you to understand is that that thing is already inside of you. And your responsibility and your, your job is to understand who you are. My wife is an incredible administrator. Me, I like to talk. Talking is easy for me. Administration is not easy for me. See, this is what God called me to. My wife, she has the gift, which is a spiritual gift. In Ephesians chapter 4, she has the gift of administration. My wife knows how to do the things that I hate. Some of y'all, y'all have such a patience to deal with kids ministry. I mean, with kids, like, I don't know if kids are saved sometimes. Like, I can't, I don't want to deal with y'all. I love y'all. And I have incredible people that are taking care of your kids. I love them. They, God bless them. But me, I just don't have, I told you it was two plus two is four. Why are you 14? What is that? So I don't, I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> you remember that, lady? <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. 
<laughs> but she has the patience for it because those are the gifts that God has put inside of her. And some of you, you've had this gift for so long. Stop using it or marginalizing it as if God didn't give it to you. You want to know what your purpose is. Look at your design. That's going to reveal to you your destiny. Look what the Bible says in Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14. It says, you made all the delicate inward parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. Number one, you got to discover. And to discover, you got to do some internal thinking and reading. Remember we talked about it last week with the promise of deliverance that you got to become self-aware. You got to notice, why am I saying these things? Why, why did I just think that way? Why did I just do that right now? That the more that you become self-aware, the more that you discover yourself, the more that God, and I'm not, this isn't no new age, learn, know yourself, and it's all about you. No, that's selfishness. I'll talk that about that at the end of the service. But what I'm saying is that if you begin to understand who you are, God will begin to show you what you're supposed to do. Number one, discover your gift. Number two is that you got to develop your gift. Develop your gift. Every single gift is given by God. Every single gift is given by God. We've already saw this. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse seven and eight. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So God is the one that gives you these gifts, right? So every single one of us, we have a gift inside of us, whether you believe it or not. Tino, all I can do is this. That's your gift, bro. The nose can never tell the hand, can you smell that? And the hand can never tell the nose, hey, can you get that for me? But each of them are so important, important in the body. Isn't that what we're called, the body of Jesus Christ? That all of us have a role and a part to be able to play. I'm going to talk about that selfishness in just a moment. We all have a role and an important part to play. And God gives you the gifts to be able to do it. But then you know how he develops those gifts inside of you? With the thing that you hate the most. People. Here it is. You ready? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. And I've hate that the church has taken these verses and turned this into this ministry on TV and turned this into televangelism and 599 for a prayer cloth. But watch what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. That's where we stop, right? He gave prophets, the man of God. Ain't no bullshit. 1099, because I preached from Romans 10.9. But the Bible says that us who carry those titles, so Christ gave them apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up, so that the church of Jesus can be built up. So meaning... That the work of a prophet is to be able to illuminate and to be able to reveal things to be able to instruct people so that they can continue in service and be trained up to build up the house of God. That the evangelist is his role and his responsibility is to preach the gospel of Jesus, to inspire people, but to be able to bring people so that they can become men and women of service so that they can build up the body of Christ. Do you see what I'm trying to show you? That the job of the church is to be able to develop the gifts that are inside of you. 
The reason why I get up here and we talk about next step every single Sunday is because we're never going to be the church that we're going to see, see you next Sunday. That's not what we want to do. I want to create an army of individuals that I don't have to hold this microphone. This doesn't bring me any fulfillment. What brings me fulfillment is watching you. Every time that I see Nunzi get up on this platform or even Amanda when she was sitting here and encouraging you and exhorting you and telling you this is what God put inside of you, would you raise your voice? That makes me excited. Not that I preach. I'm not the guy. It's not about me. It's about watching the men and women be built up. That's the reason why we have Next Step. Because we want to teach you, yo, what do we believe? Do you line up with this stuff? Is this stuff that's cool with you? Here's my story. Here's my wife's story. We might not be your cup of tea. We can show you several different churches that might be your cup of tea. But yo, this is what it looks like to be a believer. These are four characteristics of a believer. Bible study, fellowship, giving of your time, talents, and treasure, and living of a spirit-led life. And then we take week three, and then we do this thing called the spiritual gifts test. Or spiritual strength assessment. And what it is, is that we actually give you a test where you begin to see what are some of the things that God has deposited inside of me. Like Myers-Briggs and, 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 and the disc profile and Enneagram. You've all, which Disney princess are you? You've done all of those tests. The one that we have is a little bit better because I believe it gives you spiritual strength and it begins to show you what you actually have inside of you. And when you remember and reveal your design, then you know what your destiny is. That's the reason why we're doing these things, because we want to equip you. It's not a program in church. It's that God has given us the mandate to build you up. So number one, God gives you the gift, but then he uses people to be able to develop that. And then the final one is that you have to actually, once you discover it, once you develop it, then you got to use your gift. One thing is to have the gift. The other thing is to use your gift. I want to show you something. A portion of scripture found in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 11. It says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace it is various forms if anyone speaks and you should do that as one who speaks the very words of God if anyone serves they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus to him be the glory and power forever and ever amen that we all have a gift and we're all called not to just have the gift but to use the gift to serve others Hey, turn to your neighbor and tell them it's not about you. Turn, turn to your other neighbor. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, bro, I'm sorry. It's the black Cuban on the stage, he's like, I, didn't, I don't know you, but God bless you. But it's, it's not about you. <laughs> Be all uncomfortable and weird and awkward. It's not about you. But, but when it becomes about Jesus, and there's promises, remember? There's promises attached to it. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. When we actually step into a season where we begin to serve others and we actually say, yo, I'm going to take of my time, talents and treasure and I'm going to give it to prosper somebody else. When I take my attention off of my selfishness and myself and I put it on somebody else to benefit somebody else, the Bible says God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him. Look at this. The love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So the love that you show him, it's really dictated by how you serve and how you help. Crazy that God considers you worshiping him and you loving him by the way that you actually love others. 
I wrote this down. It says, God considers the ultimate expression of worship, not when you're home and reading your Bible and praying, but when you express God's love to people on his behalf. Being from Miami, Florida, we, we never had basements. You know what I mean? Like very few people have basements. Like you got to be rich. Like they built a basement on top. Our basements are called graves, but we don't have basements. It's just flat. <laughs> if you go down, you're going to go in the water. You know what I mean? Like we don't have basements. But my dream was always like, yo, one day I want to have a basement because I saw it on TV. And I'm like, and, and when I have that basement, I told my wife and Levi and Ramses, they know this. I was like, I'm going to make it into a man cave. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Ray and Latricia's house. They got a man cave down that thing. Look, and they're selling the house, by the way. Follow them on Facebook. Shameless plug. Y'all give me about 2%. <laughs> but yo, I wanted to create this man cave. You know what I mean? Like I wanted video games. You know what I mean, Red? Like I wanted to have, I wanted to have a, 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 a flat screen TV. You know what I mean? And I watch what I want to watch. And I could scream. Yo, I've always wanted that, like, the little refrigerator that has like the window so you can see all the Cokes. Like I don't, I don't, I don't drink it, but I just want to see it. Like... Like, look at all my Cokes. You know what I'm saying? What you want, Sprite? And my, my desire was always to have this man cave. And I was always like, oh my God, when I get this house. And then we bought a house and it has a basement. And then my wife, she's like, we making that into a room for the boys. I don't care nothing about those jits, man. I love you, Levi. I'm just playing. I was frustrated. I was like, man, I don't want to. Man, no. Like, I want... I want Street Fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to go down and get away from everybody and like rebuke all y'all. <laughs> but then I started to do the work down there and I started to dig trenches and, and then we started to put up frames and Juan, who was somewhere around here, helped us. And I mean, it just, we, we started to build the, the basement and it started to come together. And I'm like, well, this is going to be Ramses' room. And this is going to be Levi's room. And we're going to put a bathroom, a, a door right here so they don't have to walk far. They can just go straight into the bathroom. And I'm just, I, I just started getting so excited. And then I just, I, I tend to think to myself, man, I, I'm so much more excited about them having a place and a room than I was about me having the man cave. And I'm like, oh man, I want them to have the best room. Oh, we got to get them bed. We're going to go to Ikea. <laughs> we're going to create this and something shifted in my heart where it was like I no longer want to have this man cave I'm so much more excited about the boys having their room and having their bathrooms and now I'm building and I'm spending way too many hours and I tell Jason come help me it's going to take like an hour and three days later we're still digging trenches and pouring concrete and so many people that have helped and there's something that happens when you take your attention off yourself and you begin to put it on people it starts to change your life Today, when you go to your McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, pay for somebody behind you and watch what that feels like. I need to see the price though, Chino. I'm just not finna sit there and like, no, bro, I get it. I'm going to take the tithes and pay it. No, give your tithes to God. Go to McDonald's. <laughs> Do something for somebody and just take a second and just look at it. Man, what does that feel? Go to Dunkin' Donuts pay for the coffee behind you and watch how it makes you feel when you take your attention off yourself because see that I think the world has made us so much about discovering yourself and it's all about you and it's all about empowering you and all about you and you and you and you and that's the only reward that you get it's you but but if you take your eyes off of you and you put your eyes on others and you begin to really serve them then you start to walk in your purpose then you begin to actually walk in the promise of redemption because God created you 
be able to bless others. He put gifts, talents. He put things inside of you for the benefit of others. Because is that not the picture of Jesus? I'm saying if we're calling ourselves Christians, Christians means you're Christ-like. You're just like Jesus. Is that not the picture of Jesus who completely said, I don't want anything to do with my divinity. I want to make sure that I come and I want to wrap myself in clothes like a man. I want to live a sinless life in the middle of sin. I want to live a life that is pleasing unto the Father to the point of death. A death that he ain't even want to live or go through. Because he said, Father, let this cup pass from me, man. But, but nevertheless, me. <laughs> the enemy is always me. Not what I want. Not my will. But your will be done. And Jesus, who dies a gruesome death. But three days later, he resurrects. And his heart and his mind is in, I am the conquering lion. I beat death. I beat sin. I left from the grave. I walked out of hell. I'm, I'm now alive his first things were yo didn't I tell you to believe alright cool here I want you to make me in this room and I want you to come in this room and I'm going to take off for a minute but I'm going to bring you a comforter I'm going to come by way of the Holy Spirit and I'm going to empower you why because I need you to be my witnesses I need you to continue to speak about me I need you to continue to be my hands and feet because there's people that need you there's people that need me there's people that are broken and so far from me there's children that are so far and so broken and so hurting and living in so much poverty that I want you to step out there and I want you to wrap your arms around them they might be dirty they might not have it all figured out but if you're just my hands and feet he came back to life thinking about you came back to life thinking about you that's the ultimate picture of selflessness it's the promise of redemption that God wants to remove the selfishness that has you thinking it's all about you and your purpose and your ministry and your calling and he wants to place inside of you the very purpose and gift and the reason why he made you and it was for others but Nathan <laughs> it gets confusing but I gotta have a MySpace page <laughs> I got to have my, my Twitter followers. I got to be on the Tic Tac. I got to have, I got to have, it got to be popping because I, I need people to follow me. When God is just asking you to be obedient. Jesus's entire role on earth to come here, to live a sinless life, to die, was because he had you in mind. Because he wanted to rescue you. Because he wanted to heal you. Because he wanted to save you wanted to use you but before we ever get to the promise of redemption some of us are in this room right now we're still kind of walking on the journey and, and honestly back to week one we feel trapped and it's like you know I feel like I take two steps forward and then I take 13 steps back and you know honestly like I, the ditch is right there I don't feel like I went around the ditch I feel like I'm right in the middle of the ditch and I feel like I'm sitting right there well can I tell you a picture of who Jesus is here's Jesus Jesus is the God that doesn't sit there and watch you from afar was a man who fell in a ditch and under all of that darkness he's screaming out for somebody to help him and a doctor comes by and he says doc help me I'm in the ditch and the doctor says I got you buddy and he writes him a prescription and he says here goes some Depakote and some Ritalin God bless you and he walks away and the guy's in there like yo what am I gonna do with this and being in the pit, he continues to scream out. And then a pastor comes by around. And a pastor comes down and says, hey, buddy, you look like you're in a hole. Yeah, pastor, I'm in a hole. I'm in a ditch. Can you help me? He says, I got you. 
Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Make sure you give your tithes and offering to www. Hey, here you go, brother. God bless you. And he throws him a little piece of paper in there. And then he sees somebody that looks just like him walking around. Hey, bro! I'm in a ditch. He's like, you're in a ditch, bro. Like, I'm in a ditch. He's like, it's pretty deep. So can you help me? He says, yeah, of course I can help you. And what he does is he, he jumps in the ditch. And now they're sitting there together. Come here, Jasmine. Come here, Jasmine. Yeah, you're in the ditch. I just put you in the ditch. God bless you. And they're in the ditch. And he's like, yo, I'm in the ditch. You're in the ditch. Now we're in the ditch together. This is so stupid. Why would you do this? Like, why would you go and be in this ditch? And he turns to him and tells him, oh, don't, don't worry about it. You think we're both in this ditch. No, I was actually in this ditch last week and I know how to get out of it. See, we don't serve a God and a God that doesn't understand our frailties, that doesn't understand our brokenness, but one that is familiar with us, but that knows the way out, that he has salvation available to you, that there is a God that knows and understands you. You're not too broken. You're not too far away from God. You're not too dirty and too messed up that God wants to rescue you right where you are. He's been there. He understands what it's like to be there, but he knew how to defeat death, hell, and the grave and be able to get out of the ditch. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the Jesus that not only wants to give you the promise of redemption, but he wants to give you the promise of salvation. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast.